This is the Kamloops Insider with Parker Bennett. Okay, welcome to the podcast this lovely Friday morning. I'm joined with Alejandro Carroll. Good morning. From Royal Page Westman Realty. And myself, Parker Bennett, and uh, I kind of have a little surprise for Ali today. I didn't really tell her what the podcast was about. I have a little analogy that I just had to share this morning on the way to work. I was like, I got to get this out. This is good content. This is good information. People need to have it. And Ali was like, we're, we're going on a podcast. Like, you, you haven't told me anything yet. And I'm like, let's just let it be a surprise. And I love the surprise factor. So if the analogy sucks, you can just laugh at me. Okay, sounds okay. good. <laughs> um, before we get into that, well, there was a podcast we had a couple of uh, episodes ago on Airbnb, and we left our listeners hanging a little bit on that podcast because we had a couple of questions that we did not get answered, and we did promise that we would go seek those answers through the city of Kamloops and give you the information back. So I'm going to do that right now. Um. We left off with the question of if you are caught operating an Airbnb in the city of Kamloops, what does the fines look like? Has there been fines given out? Um, and what's the city of Kamloops' overall initiative on this? So the feedback was simply this. Because there is no zoning for Airbnb in Kamloops currently, you would be breaking two, you'd be breaking two laws by operating one. One, you would be operating a business without proper zoning. And two, you'd be operating without a business license because you couldn't get the business license without having the proper zoning. So it's kind of a catch right. too. You'd be breaking them both, as I understand it. So the fines can be anywhere from $100 to $2,000 a day per offense. So if you're operating a multiple stream of Airbnbs, um, you could be looking at a substantial, a substantial fine. Now, as I understand it, the city of Kamloops has a very, um, a very definitive approach to how they handle this. They want to get businesses into compliance. So that is their motivation. And if you are thinking about or currently operating an Airbnb without a business license, you may want to start talking to the city about converting your area into proper zoning, getting a, a, a zoning re-app, reapplication. Um, and definitely you want to look into getting a business license, which yeah. is going to be difficult to do without the zoning. So in a nutshell, City Calumets wants to get, get you into compliance. Currently, I don't think there's been enough activity with the Airbnb. I don't think complaints are really... The sense that I got was that there wasn't a whole bunch of complaints happening currently. Um, but moving into the future, you know, will the city of Kamloops kind of, you know, tackle this? Will they get more involved in it? Will they look at zoning, a zoning type for this type of uh, a business? Maybe at this time, doesn't sound like there's anything in the, in the works. Perfect. Okay. And there's a few operating right now that we know of for sure. About 65, 67. 65, 67. There's a few of them operating out there. You yes. might want to look into that or at least understand the risk. There, there could be some risk out there. I know I do have clients that are actively asking me about um, purchasing a property for investment investment purposes and to operate an Airbnb. It's probably not going to happen. Not not legitly, at least right now. That's my final say on that. Thank you. Let's move on to the analogy because I really okay. want to know. Okay, so my analogy is this. 
Um, the last podcast we had, we indicated that there was a 22% reduction in overall sales from, from September to September 2017, a year over year. And so we've been operating in what we call a, um, a seller's market for at least 18 months, maybe closer to 20 months. And I think now we're pushing into what we call a buyer's market. Yes. And the buyer's market is essentially where the buyer has a little more leverage than the seller in that there is going to be more listings that are active with more days on the market for every potential buyer. Whereas in a seller's market, typically, you know, a listing comes up, there's five buyers that are hungry for that property. It gets multiple offers, maybe reduce due diligence on the transaction and all kinds of stuff. like. And it makes for buyers to be a little more rational with pricing, like yeah. getting you know, prices that are going up and over asking. So when we move into a more passive market, like we're doing right now, um, in a buyer's market, the buyer becomes very passive. And currently in the situation that we've been coming out of with the sellers, um, in a seller's market, the seller is very passive. Yeah. Okay. It doesn't work when the seller and the buyer is passive. The house doesn't get the sold sticker. Mm -hmm. So my analogy is to describe how this situation works. So if you can imagine, um, let's say you and Emma are going to a baseball game. Sweet. And you walk into the, the baseball game and it would definitely be a Toronto Blue Jays. And if we're going to make, this is a future baseball game. The Montreal <laughs> Expos came back. And so you're, you're going to see this, this baseball game. And as you walk in the front door, there's a hot dog vendor sitting right there, right in front of you. And you guys, maybe you just had lunch or well, let's say that Emma just had lunch. She's not feeling very hungry. But Allie, you're like, those hot dogs smell delish. I came to the baseball game for the hot dogs. The dog, yeah. <laughs> so you convince Emma that you're going to go grab a hot dog. And what you do, she passes and you get up in the bleachers and you find your seats and you start watching the game. So to back it up, that hot dog vendor played a very passive role. Yes. They were just in the right place at the right time, which is how the real estate market was operating in several months ago. You, you had your house listed. It was on MLS. It was a great market. The buyers were aggressive. So you didn't really have to do a whole lot. You got your sign up, you get it priced right. You get some online advertisement and you don't have to do a whole lot of creative activity because the buyer's so aggressive, that works. It's a passive sale, buyer's aggressive, that works. Sold sign goes up. Now back to the baseball game. You're sitting there watching the baseball game and now Emma's like, that hot dog that you just had is smelling really good, <laughs> right? But she's not willing to go get one yet because she's going to miss the baseball game. So she's kind of thinking about it, kind of thinking about it. And all of a sudden the hot dog vendor comes walking down the steps in the seating area, yelling out hot dogs. Okay. Now he's being aggressive. Now he's being aggressive because Emma was very passive. And that translates into a, a sale because now she just puts her hand up, hot dog gets thrown to her, sales made. Okay. So the analogy that I make now is that we are entering into a buyer's market where you can no longer survive as a passive listing. The seller needs to become more aggressive. And by aggressive, I mean creative in their approach to selling their home. Yeah. 
And by that, I mean the realtor. Okay, because the seller just sits back and pays us. It's our job to get that sold sign up. Yes. So, you know, it's interesting, and I'm not going to get into details, but this morning we were collaborating on some ideas about how we could be a little more creative with our listings. I don't want to see the days on the market on our products go up. So it's time to really get more aggressive with maybe targeting the right market in social media for our listings, um, doing some out-of-the-box thinking, it's just not going to be as easy as having the sign set up and having your, your house listed on the MLS. This is just not going to work when there's a passive buyer. We're going to have to do some brainstorming then. Absolutely. Yeah. And I do have ideas. I just don't want to share them on the podcast. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's too many realtors to listen. <laughs> Let's turn this off so we can talk about... No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> So did, did, I, did I iterate? Does that make sense? That does, does it... make sense. I was, I was expecting you to tell me something about the game. Right. Like well, that... how, because I don't understand much about baseball, to be honest. I probably would be there for the hot dog. Right. The hot dog <laughs> so, or the beer? So, yeah, yeah. Not for the baseball. Uh, so I was expecting you to tell me something about a baseball game and the runners and all that, but I'm glad you did the hot dog part because it definitely, I understand it better. Okay, well, I hope that analogy didn't confuse you, and I hope I explained it to the best of my abilities, but uh, there's my baseball analogy. I would call it the hot dog analogy. Okay, the hot dog, <laughs> the hot dog analogy. At a baseball game. <laughs> you can see that's getting scripted for Instagram already. <laughs> Anyways, thanks for joining us uh, on my take of the, the difference between a passive and aggressive market in real estate.